Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I can remember someone saying to me once, a $20 can of paint can make you thousands of dollars. <laughs> and that stuck in my head. It's still in my head, actually. But, um, and it's true, you know. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyron Shump, and in this episode, we're speaking with longtime commercial property investor James Dawson. Going to details about his investing journey, we'll discover how he built a portfolio in a time where owning more than one property was almost unheard of, how he became a millionaire at such a young age, and much, much more. Dealing with property for more than half of his life, Dawson is no stranger to the investing world. My name's James Dawson and uh, I'm 61 years old, live in Byron Bay and I've been a property investor now um, actually for about 42 years, I guess, since I was about 18. So, it's a long, long time in the market. Dawson shares that despite still being active in the property world, his daily life is quite laid back. Most days actually now... um, is I start my day with a surf and uh, usually I'm in the water by about 7.30 in the morning and and have a surf down at Water Goes a Byron here for you know, an hour or so and then have a coffee or a smoothie. And I come back and I, um, I'm still very active in business. I've just uh, bought a shopping centre, so um, rebranding that at the moment and also I have my commercial property course. So I generally spend maybe two or three hours in the office every day and also got two farm properties here side by side just at the back of Byron. So do a lot of fiddling around on the farm and you know, designing things and planting trees and doing all that sort of really good stuff. Having been in the game for so long, Dawson also delves a little into what area of the market he works in and how exactly he got started in it. I guess like most people, Torin, I started in residential. Um, I was uh, a real estate agent um, when I was very young. I had some property um, that I was just buying, selling, renovating and also was a partner in a real estate firm when I was about 24 years old in Newcastle. And um, I actually got the idea that uh, negative gearing wasn't for me because at the time, uh, the interest rates when I bought my first group of properties were over 17%, believe it or not. And yeah, but I was still actually making the deals work, surprisingly, um, by, you know, buying, selling and renting. And, and you know, I had quite um, a neat portfolio even by the time I was 23 years old. And um, I was working for a firm in Newcastle, a very old real estate company. And one of my old 
bosses there. I was actually made a partner of that firm when I was 24 and I was the youngest partner in the 100-year history of the firm. So that was that was a nice, I guess, thing, although it was extremely hard work and uh, I must admit I was working about you know, six and a half days a week, it felt like. And the conversation that led him to realise that buying needy really geared properties wasn't the right strategy for him. One of my old uh, partners in the firm who was about to retire, I was chatting to him one day, used to be looking at his uh, huge book of properties that he had and and we're talking about negative gearing and he just put it into my head. He said, you just should never buy a property unless it's positive cash flow based on 100% of the cost. Now, that was sort of unheard of then. He was including you know, legal fees and stamp duty, the whole bit. And and I said, well, where do you find them? And he said, well, you know, I've got a combination of commercial and residential and I just uh, continue to look until I find one that's going to do that um, and I won't buy unless that happens. So that sort of switched a light on for me that was completely counter to what everyone else was doing and pretty much for the last 40 years, I've done exactly what he said. Thinking back to his childhood, Dawson talks about where he grew up. So, I grew up in Newcastle and uh, actually got into property. I actually, when uh, I went to high school in Sydney, went to Knox uh, Private School in Sydney, and uh, that, so you know, my, my high school years, and then actually went back to Newcastle after that. But uh, actually, New- uh, Sydney always switched the light on for me because I thought, I'm going to own some property in Sydney. You know, I just felt that sort of slightly different big city vibe, I guess, that uh, Newcastle didn't have. And it took me a little while, but then I started buying properties, Kings Cross, Potts Point, Bondi, that, those sort of areas. Prior to buying properties, Dawson explains that he did work in another field. I had a job, actually, I did uh, like an engineering uh, apprenticeship because I actually sort of didn't quite know what uh, I was going to do and uh, always been pretty good with my hands and, you know, building things and stuff. So, did an engineering apprenticeship, which really didn't suit me. So, uh, that only lasted a few years after school. Uh, It felt like a lifetime as these things do, you know, when you leave school (laughs) and then... uh, and then got straight into real estate. And I, I remember actually it was a very difficult market. It was probably one of those first sort of downturn markets, you know, the late, uh, well, it was probably 1980, something like that. Um, interest rates were very high. And I walked into a couple of real estate agents to get a job. Two of them said no. And the third one said yes. <laughs> so that's how <clears throat> that's how that happened. And um yeah, that started to give me the background and I've just never looked back uh, from property since then. And how long he eventually ended up being in the real estate property career for? I've been uh, in real estate essentially uh, since I actually worked in real estate, say, for about 21 years old. My first investment property um, I bought when I was about 19, just just turned 19. Um, my first commercial property I bought at 24, so I'm 61 now. Um, do the math. <laughs> it's been a long time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so it's been you know, about 40, 40 odd years now. Having gotten started at property at such a young age, Dawson tells us whether or not he had any family who influenced him to go into property. My grandfather was a stock and station agent in Harden and Young in, in the uh, you know, New, New South Wales uh, country area. Um, and you know, he was a, a state agent, stock and, and station agent as well. You know, so sold stock, so sold land. Um, and 
he unfortunately passed away before I was born, but my mother had a, a really keen interest in property and and she did have a few properties and um and certainly that was always an influence because even when I was young we'd be going around checking out houses and I always remember one of my friends saying, you know, is it against the law to own more than one house? <laughs> so that was <laughs> wow. If that was and, against uh, the law, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I thought it's funny what people used to say, but I can remember uh, Mum having several properties and some, you know, apartments and things, and and uh, that that certainly uh, gave me the bug. And I can remember, you know, starting to do some renovations on some, and then I actually became very keen on on that idea of improving property. Um, and I saw how easy it was to increase the value of properties. This is well before it was, you know, anything was on television, of course, and and all that. Um, so that, to me, I, I can remember someone saying to me once, you know, a, a $20 can of paint can make you thousands of dollars. <laughs> and that stuck <laughs> in my head. It's still in my head, actually. But um, And it's true, you know. So um, just those basic things of, of uh, presentation, but, also providing a product to someone that is a good product at a reasonable price. They're the things that I've always sort of stood by and um, certainly um, it certainly has paid off over my career. Buying his first property at 19, Dawson takes us back to the events that led up to the very first purchase. I was just chatting with someone about that the other day, but that property was in Chinchen Street in Islington in Newcastle. Uh, from memory, I think it might have been 33 Chinchen Street. That's probably still there. And that I can remember mum saying to me, I'd saved up a few thousand dollars uh, from the job that I had. And she's, at, in those days, you used to have to go down and visit the real estate agent and in Newcastle in those days, if the house was vacant, they would just give you the keys. You just go around and have a look. Um, really? So, I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was quite an unusual uh, thing. I can even remember the name of the real estate agent. It was uh, Ross Richardson and Co. in Beaumont Street, Hamilton, um, in Newcastle, and and Chinchin Street, Islington, was just up the road, and I went round to this property and I can remember the agent saying to me, I think they had $16,000 on this house and he said, look, you'll get it for 13000 or something and, you know, silly me at the time, I probably should have gone in at ten, but anyway, I paid the thirteen, <laughs> and um, and promptly got in there on the weekends and, and painted it up and, uh, uh, you know, it was interesting then. There was no big hardware stores like we have now, like Bunnings and all that, so you know, everything had to be bought at Mitre 10 or the sort of funny builder's hardware with, with they always looked at you a bit strangely if you weren't a builder. Uh, and uh, so I remember renting that property out. I think I think my job income at the time was $70 uh, – sorry, $200 a week. And I remember the agent saying, look, you'll get $45 a week rent for that house, something like that. But I ended up getting $75 a week for the house. Um, so I can't remember what the return worked out to be, but, you know, the interest rates were quite high. Uh, so it was seemed to be managing itself. But because I painted that all up, within about 12 or 18 months, I think it was about 18 months, I got uh, Richardson's, the agents, back there and they said, oh, look, that's worth $33,000 now, something like that. Um, and 
that was, I guess I was about 20, you know, 21, nearly 21 years old, something like that, pushing late 20s, late late 20, you know, in my, in my years. And I decided to sell it and take the profit out plus my original deposit. And I bought another little property, which I did the same thing. And then I bought, uh, I was about 23 and a half, I bought a block of apartments, believe it or not, at um, wow. <laughs> number one B. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was uh, number one Beach Street, Newcastle, and it was overlooking the Newcastle Ocean bars and the surf, and it was very run down, but it was $115,000 for five apartments. Now, now, I guess put this in perspective, $115,000 back then was a lot more money. Like, you know, is it the equivalent of like a million dollars or something like that? Well, you could you could buy – that was in Newcastle East right? and a beautiful ocean view from that, probably very, very run down. But, for example, I remember at that time in the same street you could buy a small two-bedroom terrace house for about thirty-five, thirty-six thousand dollars $36,000. So all I could think was in my mind I'm getting five properties in one for 115 albeit I had to renovate. Um, and so I thought, wow, this is sort of buying bulk. And I can remember thinking that I had to working out that I had to get eleven hundred dollars, I think, um, rent out of this property to get. I think I'm not sure if that was a week, but um, there was five apartments, and I actually, uh, that's right. No, the rents were about one hundred and fifty dollars a week, something like that, Tyrone, on each apartment. You know, going back to 1980, 1980s or something now. But um, it was. It all worked. It all strung together, but I was still supporting that property. You know, I, I by that stage I'd started to move into real estate, and and I was earning pretty reasonable money for my age. I'd certainly gone up from two hundred dollars a week that I was earning before, but I was you know working hard on the weekends to renovate the properties, but I was also kicking the kicking the tin, so to speak, to make the payments on on the property as well. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Dawson's property investing journey to find out more about his first commercial purchase. I got in there, I cleaned the windows, I ho- it was an old butcher shop, I hosed it out. Um, I remember my boss said, okay, put an ad in the Newcastle Morning Herald, put a sign on the window, there was no internet. We worked out what the rents were by comparing to the other shops in the street and quite quickly I got a tenant uh, on a five-year lease how his worst investing moment turned out. One of my worst investments ever, although most people wouldn't wouldn't probably think so, is one of the um, sort of house, you know, home properties that I bought in Byron Bay, a huge, uh, you know, um, 100-acre property in the hinterland. I mean, the moment he realised property could change his life forever. One of the best moments I can remember, I'm, I'm not quite sure how old I was, but I, I actually, when I was 37, um, I moved to Byron Bay. I just, I just basically came up here to buy a house to renovate, and I can remember driving up and thinking, "Well, there's actually no need for me to work." And that's next. I'm Tyrone Chum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Able to reinvest the profits he made up to build his portfolio, Dawson explains that it was through meeting others in property that he eventually got to make his first commercial purchase. Any one of my friends that was in the same business and there was probably only two or three 
friends that, you know, we were close enough to talk about all the money situation. Now, back then, of course, it was very difficult to find mentors. There was no social media. There was no internet. Um, so, you know, you'd run into people and say, oh, yes, I've heard you've got a few properties. And most people just thought, as I mentioned before, it was illegal to own more than one. <laughs> it was <laughs> the strangest things people used to say. Um, but uh, I remember one guy, um, his name was Jeff, and he was doing the similar thing to me. He was buying, selling, renovating, you know, trying to keep some and, and, and taking a profit on others. And he went to an auction and bought a small shop over in Carrington in Newcastle. Um, Carrington's a bit of a working-class suburb and then sort of came to me in a bit of a panic saying, oh, look, I've bought too much, I've, you know, I've taken this one on and I shouldn't have bought it. I, I have no idea what to do with it because it's a shop. Um, and so I went and had a look at it and then I spoke to my old boss um, at, the, uh, at the real estate agency I was working for and he said, no, that's uh, if you can buy that for pretty much what he paid for at auction, it was about 30 grand. Um, it was the same price as a house, basically, this yeah, little shop. Yeah. Wow. And um, and he said, look, that's that's probably going to show you um, about 8 or 10% uh, return on that. It was it was double what you would get for a, a house at that time. And so he helped me uh, work it out. And the first big takeaway from that deal was that I didn't have to renovate it. Uh, I got in there. I cleaned the windows. I ho- It was an old butcher shop. I hosed it out. Um, I remember my boss said, okay, put an ad in the Newcastle Morning Herald, put a sign on the window. There was no internet. We worked out what the rents were by comparing to the other shops in the street. And quite quickly, I got a tenant uh, on a five-year lease, um, a guy that was going to make little woodwork things at the back and sell them at the front. And uh, he was in there for a very long time. While this was one of the best moments in his investing career, Dawson adds that there was a moment that trumped this one. The second hugest thing that happened, which completely changed my investing life really, was that after about, it was probably about eight or nine months, I thought, okay, I wouldn't mind getting this valued and and seeing if it's increased. And I got the bank value around there and he measured it up, checked the rent, did all the numbers and rang me a few days later and said, yeah, I'm valuing the property at $100,000. I nearly, I nearly fell off my chair, you know, because nothing had ever happened like that. I'd spent nothing on the property. And he said, James, you know, I said, how does that all work? And he goes, well, the rent, the value of commercial property is pretty much based on the rent. And he said, you're getting this, you're getting the right rent for the area. Um, you've got a good lease and that's what it's worth. Uh, so, I mean, admittedly, I probably did buy the property a little bit under, you know, Perhaps the market value, maybe it was worth forty or fifty thousand. I don't know, you know, but it just really turned a light on, and that made me decide that even though I still had my residential properties, um, of course, when I was living in and all that, that I straight away wanted to get more of them. And and actually, at that time, the Sydney market was quite down, so then I, I launched myself into the Sydney market. With this purchase marking the start of his commercial investing days, Dawson shares how much his portfolio has grown since then and what he's learned along the way. I'm on my uh, 103rd, 103rd deal at the moment. Um, now, uh, good question, Tyrone, because I think if you talk to anyone in property, and you're probably the same, we've there's always properties we wish we kept. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> and... Um, 
and it's just a it's a very good point to bring up because you know when you don't have anyone to talk to as a mentor you know you're making your own decisions and I can remember talking to people, some of my friends that say they'd spent all their money on a new car, whereas I was buying a three-story building in Potts Point, you know, um, <laughs> and, and, and driving a pretty ordinary old car. But I, I learnt so much because, for example, I, I bought a building in Potts Point. I think I paid 300000 I painted it up. It was two apartments above, a shop down below. And then within a couple of years, the market had moved and, and the property had more than doubled in value. Now, it would be a bit like someone saying to you now, look, you know, if you sell this today, you're going to pocket $2 million. That was the sort of level of money we were talking about. You know, you, um, you know, you, I could have bought three or four new Bentleys at the time. <laughs> right? So, right. Yeah. so I just thought, okay, wow, you know, someone's waving that sort of money in front of me, I'm going to sell it. But silly me, I didn't realise that I could have potentially strata titled that property into three three parts and then just sold one part and kept the other two. After realizing the potential and various ways that deal could have gone, Dawson explains why he decided that networking with other property investors should be his new priority. All of these deals that I bought in Sydney um, you know, started to teach me these lessons. And, and of course, whilst I, you know, uh, was getting, you know, obviously quite wealthy, I think, you know, I was a millionaire by the time I was 31 or two, um, which was it was different being a millionaire then than now I think. <laughs> but, everyone, but, everyone is automatically a millionaire now in Sydney if you own a house. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I mean, I, I must admit, I didn't feel like it made any difference at all because when you're interested in what you're doing, you know, you just keep going. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I, I learned all these things. You know, that I, I thought, wow, I need to, you know, get in touch with more people that are doing what I'm doing. And being relatively young, it it wasn't the easiest thing. On another note, in thinking about his other purchases, Dawson explains the story behind what he believes was perhaps his worst investing moment. I think probably, uh, you know, sometimes your worst investment can turn out to be your best investment. But I mean, at the moment, okay, right now I've got 27 tenants um, and, you know, probably my uh, one of my worst investments ever, although most people wouldn't, wouldn't probably think so, is one of the um, sort of house, you know, home properties that I bought in Byron Bay, a huge, uh, you know, um, hundred acre property in the hinterland. I mean, Mark Boris is my next door neighbour on that property. I still own it, um, you know. And look, fantastic property, but at the time, I think, you know, I stretched myself, and there was probably a little bit of ego involved in getting it. I've had it for twenty something years, but um, I sometimes think, wow, I would have been better off just buying a shopping centre then rather than that big property, you know. Um, but, of course, now, I mean, you know, we've got the Hemsworth effect here in Byron, so everything's going up leaps and bounds, so it doesn't matter anymore. Admittedly, turning into one of his better investing decisions in the end, he also explains the takeaway he learned from buying an acreage over the typical first home. It's a very, very tightly held market here, but, of course, market changes here too. You know, you have rural property and suddenly you can subdivide, which I have, and, and you can build other houses and things. But, you know, I think that's it's a big point I was chatting to someone the other day and we were were talking about the concept of not buying a home first but buying a cash flow positive investment property first is actually uh, could make more sense than people um, using whatever deposit they're saved up uh, for a home you know just a just another concept another way of looking at it with all turning well with his buying bay property 
Dawson takes us back to the moment that changed his whole outlook on life and property. This life-changing moment being one he believes that everyone can experience if they try. One of the best moments I can remember, I'm not quite sure how old I was, but I actually, when I was 37, um, I moved to Byron Bay. I just, I just basically came up here to buy a house to renovate and I can remember driving up and thinking, well, there's actually no need for me to work. Um, uh, I you know, can't remember the actual rental amounts, but whatever I was earning over and above all my repayments was way more than an average wage. And But that is an interesting um, experience to have at that age because I think most people would think, wow, that's fantastic, um, you know, just thinking you're just going to come up and live off your rental property and surf. And it certainly was for about two years. And I renovated a beautiful house and, and, and then bought some other property. But of course you get for oh, I got very bored. And then uh, you know just and of course you've got no one to play with. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> all your friends are at work, you know, so um and then I felt you know it's some I, I felt that you know I could potentially become a little bit isolated just doing nothing. So then I started again basically and, and you know done a lot of property deals in Byron and owned backpackers and all sorts of things. So all that sort of stuff kept me engaged. But just that little moment of thinking, wow, you know, I don't actually have to work. And also my bank manager saying to me, well, we don't need to ask what you do for a living anymore, James. It's all in your numbers, you know. Um, so, you know, they can – and I think that's a big thing, you know. Look, people say positive cash flow and, and you know, what is a genuine positive cash flow amount? Some people say it's $50 a week. Uh, but, you know, to my mind, you know, you really sort of want to be pushing towards, you know, maybe, you know, to get rolling is sort of five, six hundred or $1,000 a week. Genuine positive cash flow is something that's going to really change your life, you know. And um, I think if you're aiming – and it's 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 absolutely possible with even a small amount of deals or even one deal in commercial. But, um, you know, you just need to focus on that because I think a lot of people just don't believe it can happen and it, it's uh, it's simply very possible. So, inspired by James Dawson's journey and his amazing aha moment, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory where we'll discuss his strategy. My strategy has been you know, just to wait uh, and just follow the mantra of my old boss, you know, 30 odd years ago of just not buying anything unless it was the right deal um, and cash flow positive. The mindset that got him through his journey. I really uh, just wanted to make my own way and very early on, like probably like, you know, most people that are in business for themselves or in any entrepreneurial thing, I just felt that I didn't want a normal job. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory.